Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back in to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway. As always, I'm joined by Max Keen and Jonathan Krauss. And before we get going today, I just have to say, I just received my Living Victory t-shirts in the mail because, you know, we're in Guam, so everything takes a while to send. Uh, we released the the t-shirts over a month ago, but I just got my t-shirt in the mail and I am so excited to have this shirt. Like it's the premium. If you order the premium shirt, it's really soft. And the design, the design on the back of the shirt is so cool. It says shine your light and it has like a flame and it has the little verse, Matthew 5, 16, which is where we get that, that phrase, shine your light. And I just, I couldn't be more excited. Like this is the most excited I've ever been about a t-shirt. So (laughs) I'm so excited to wear this around and, and not only to, to wear it so people can see the podcast and, and be like, Oh, what's living victory. I need to check that out. But also just to, to wear the soft shirt, like. I'm I'm kind of a shirt snob. I like to wear soft shirts, and this this shirt passes the test. So I could not be more excited about this shirt that I that I got in the mail. Wow, what a shameless plug! Yes, go to the uh, episode notes. Go to our Instagram. Really, anywhere you find us, you can find the link to buy our t-shirts. Shameless plug. We sell t-shirts, <laughs> and you should buy them. We also sell masks, mugs, hoodies, tank tops, and women's t-shirts. So. I got one of the masks. I do have to say, the mask, the logo on the mask looks looks so cool. I was wearing it in the office the other day, and the I, I interned with one of the senators here in Guam, and the senator looked at me, and he's like, oh, that's a cool mask. Is it a Halloween mask? Because it has the logo with the flames on it. And I was like, no, it's not a Halloween mask. It's a mask for my podcast. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. So the mask, like, hands down is awesome. The shirt's awesome. Just, it's all awesome. I, I'm overjoyed by <laughs> by this merch are you gonna start singing everything is awesome now (laughs) everything is awesome i think we've sang on the podcast before right it was probably cringy and that was probably (laughs) you know you can always i think that definitely takes the crown (laughs) yeah you can always you can always lean on me for cringy singing yeah well on that note how are you guys doing today well, I have to tell you, I have two midterms today, and, well, I'm kind of scared about them. What are they on? Um, the history of Christian song and poetry, drama, and fiction. If I knew anything about those topics, I would offer to help you, but I'm sorry, I'm very useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're... It's interesting, but yeah, definitely have some fear going into that. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Fear. Interesting. You should mention fear. Our topic today is actually on fear. So we're going to be going into some definitions of fear um, because there are a couple different definitions of fear based off what you're being afraid of or sort of the context behind fear. Um, and we know that fear is a very prevalent thing, especially in Christian lives today, because there's so many things going on in the world and, and there's so many opportunities to feel like you're, you know, not in control of your life and you're, 
sometimes it can feel like you're in a downward spiral and God just isn't, you know, guiding you or, and it's just, there's a lot of things that we can be fearful about. So we'll be talking about uh, that today, uh, hopefully giving you guys some, some practical tips on, on how to practice getting better with fear, shifting your focus from fear, um, and really getting some scriptural truths about what the Bible says about fear and how we can um, deal with it, one, and how we can really rely on God to sort of calm our minds and give us peace in the midst of fear. And before we, we start diving deep into fear and into our, our topic and all the Bible verses that we're going to reference today, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that the reason we are doing this topic of fear is because somebody reached out to us on our Instagram and asked if we could do an episode on fear. And we love it when you guys do that, when you guys reach out to us on podcast episode ideas or with questions that you have, because we want to make this podcast for you guys. We want you guys to tell us what it is that you want us to talk about, what, something that you're struggling with or that you are questioning or that you just want to hear us go into a little bit more depth about. And we love every time somebody gives us a recommendation on an episode. So that's the reason that we're doing Fear today, and I'm, I'm so excited to get into it. Right. So imagine your life and just sort of reflect on things that maybe you fear, whether it's, you know, oh, I don't want to go in the basement alone just because it's who knows what could happen down there. Or I don't want to go on a walk alone because they're crazy people or I'm scared of the unknown of what's going to happen in the future. Like, what what's it going to look like? There are different things that you look at and you're like, oh man, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of unsure about how to handle this situation right now. So in these situations, what, what happens? Where do we go to seek God? Because I've been in those situations plenty of time. And even, even coming to school and like, now I have these midterms today and not going to lie there. I'm really unsure how I'm going to do on them. I'm pretty scared about how they're going to go, but God talks about fear or the Bible talks about fear so much and how we can deal with it and how we shouldn't fear. God says all the time that we're not supposed to fear. And even Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, like, don't worry about, like, the things that are going to happen. Don't worry about the clothes you're going to wear or if you're going to have enough or um, things like that. Because, like, he takes care of everyone. He takes care of, you know, even the birds and the grass. And if he takes care of that, will he not also take care of you? So God knows our needs. He knows what we have to do. And he's there for us in those moments. And like, like Max was saying, seeking God in times of fear is critical. That is what the Bible calls us to do. And we'll definitely get deeper into that as we go further into this episode. Um, but before we start talking about the biblical um, implications and definition of fear, it's important for us to understand how the world sees fear and how that compares to the framework in which the Bible tells us about fear. And so 
in the world, whenever somebody is afraid of something, that's usually negative. If you're afraid, you're a sissy or you're weak or just man up, bro, go into this house. Like, why are you afraid to go into this house? Let's, let's just do it. And it's usually seen as a sign of weakness to be afraid of something. And also, fear is always seen as a negative emotion. It's always negative to be afraid of something because it makes you weak or it makes you less than capable. And so people start to see fear with a negative, they start to see fear in a negative light. And uh, it's important to understand the definition of fear because once you understand the true definition of fear, then you can start to see how fear, while most of the time the Bible tells us fear is a negative emotion, there are certain instances in which the Bible actually calls us to fear. And that, that's, it's a really interesting thing to look at, and we'll definitely be getting into that um, later in the episode. Um, but first, uh, let's go into the definition of fear. So the definition, the best definition that I've ever heard of fear is to have a healthy respect of something or someone's power over you. And if you think about any situation in which you're afraid, being afraid of snakes or bears, you have a healthy respect for the fact that the snake could bite you, or the snake is faster than you, or the bear could easily maul you if it wanted to. Um, also, heights, being afraid of heights. You have a healthy fear for the, the, the fact that if you fell from a great height, that it would do some damage to you, and that has power over you. And so having a healthy respect to, to, of something or someone's power over you, but also this applies to having a fear of God, because the Bible calls us to have a fear of God. It says it calls us to fear God. In fact, the Bible says some version of do not fear, so like do not fear or fear not or something to that effect 365 times. So there are 365 different instances in the Bible where we are told not to fear. The only instance in the Bible where we are told to fear is when it comes to God. And this makes sense in in relation to the definition that I just gave, because if you have a healthy respect for God's power over you, then you you understand that God has the ability to to give you eternal judgment, eternal damnation in hell. And he gives us a set of instructions by which we should live this life. And if we have a healthy respect for the, the power that he has over us in our lives, then we are going to do those things that he calls us to do because we love him. We know that he loves us and he wants what's best for us. And if we start to disobey him and go down the path that he doesn't want for us because he's perfectly just, then he has to give us that penalty for the sin that we are committing. But if we we walk on the path that he's laid out before us and we can receive that salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, then we can abide in his love and we can still fear the power that he has over us, but know that this is a comforting fear. It's, a, it's comforting to know that the greatest, the most powerful being in the universe is our heavenly father. Yeah, so that definition of fear really plays into the fact of what kind of power is over you. Is that power that you're having a respect for, is it negative over you or is it positive over you? And we, of course, we know that having a healthy respect and a fear of God, we know that God's power over us is ultimately for our good. Um, for all things work together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So we know that God has is powerfully working to uh, deliver us while we know there's also many negative uh, powers that ha we have fear for as well. Um, now we can talk about things like, so So why are people afraid of the dark? Well, people are afraid of the dark because they don't know what's in the dark. The dark is, is, a, is a space of unknown, right? We don't know if there's a balloon in the dark or we don't know if there's Pennywise in the dark. And it's very, 
unsuring and it's very you know fearful to not know what's in the dark and that really applies to everything in life too and that's the reason why a lot of people are afraid for things in their life because it's a life has so many unknowns in it i mean it's unknown whether you're going to get on a car accident on your way to work it's unknown whether uh i don't know there's so many things to be unknown about in life and those unknowns lead to often a kind of a mindset of fear that we can have um, I know this goes pretty close with, with anxiety, but we kind of think that fear and anxiety are, are definitely different. And we're hoping to do a podcast on anxiety uh, soon in the future. So definitely be on the outlook for that. But specifically talking about fear, when we fear something, sometimes it can be for our benefit, right? If I'm standing at the edge of a cliff, I have a fear to jump. And that fear is probably a good thing telling my body not to jump. And then, of course, we want to have some positive fear, like fear of God. So when do you use which one? Well, Bible really tells us to only use the fear of God when it's God involved. So there really only is one instance where we have a reason to fear, right? And we're kind of, this is kind of, uh, how should I say, emphasized in Psalm 23:4, very popular verse. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, David specifies that he doesn't fear specifically evil, but God is something that we should be fearing. So it's it's kind of complicated, but once you get your head around it, that there's this positive and negative fear, and really the positive fear can only be directed towards God, and everything else is technically a negative fear, and it's something that we're fearful of because we don't have control over it. And there's a, a great verse that actually goes through this this dichotomy, this separation between good fear and bad fear that Jonathan just mentioned. And it actually, in this verse, is really cool because it mentions both the good fear and the bad fear, and it gives us uh, it gives us that line. It tells us what the line is to where you know that if your fear is on one side of the line, it's a good fear, but if it's on the other side of the line, it's a bad fear. And that verse is Matthew 10, 28. So in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So this is taking the traditional worldly definition of fear, which is, you know, I'm afraid of deadly animals. I'm afraid of murderers. I'm afraid of you being mugged and being robbed. I'm afraid of things that can take my life. Anything that, that puts your life in danger usually causes fear. But in this verse, we're being told, not to be afraid of things that can only take our bodies. Because anybody who is in Christ, anybody who comes to salvation in Jesus Christ, knows that their soul is, is eternally secure. That once you come to salvation in Jesus Christ, your soul is eternally secure in the hand of God, and nothing can take your soul out of God's hand. But as soon as you start to make the decision to not come to salvation in Jesus Christ, all those people in the world who will never come to salvation in Jesus Christ and some who even make God their enemy and, and seek to do things away from God against what God tells them to do because they, they hate God for some reason, they are the ones who should be afraid because everybody on earth, all these deadly animals and all these threats on earth can only take your body. They can't do anything to your eternal soul. God is the one who can do something to your eternal soul. And so like Jonathan was saying, this this definition applies to God as well. And, and having a fear of God is a good fear. And in this verse, we're told why. We're told that having a fear of God is a good fear because if you have a fear of God, you are having a healthy respect for the 
the being that has the most power over you, that he is the only being in the entire universe, the only thing in the entire universe that has the power to kill your soul. Everything on earth, even Satan himself can only kill your body. But as soon as, if you don't make that decision to come to salvation in Jesus Christ, then God has the ability to kill your soul. And those people who will never come to salvation in Jesus Christ, who, who choose to reject God and rebel against God every day, those are the people who should have real fear because they don't have the eternal security that we have in Christ Jesus. But I do want to add that, you know, what Christian said is absolutely right. And yet for us as born again Christians, if you are a Christian, then God loves you and he's not going to fail you. He's going to love you. And the Bible paints him as a father where he cares for us. He's adopted us into his family. And we've been blessed in so many amazing ways that, you know, we can't even comprehend. It's so much greater than what we deserve. But then to those who don't know God, then I mean, <laughs> bad things are going to happen unless you come to him. Um, but if you are a Christian, you have no need to fear God in the sense that you have to be scared of him. But we should fear him out of respect and love and awe of who he is as, you know, God, as he's done all these amazing things, as he is so powerful, so incredible, where we don't don't deserve all that he does for us. And so real quick, I want to ask a question because there's an interesting verse that um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on, um, which says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And so I kind of want to hear why, what you guys think about that verse, why you think that, that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So this, it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned this because this is a, a verse that's always kind of stood out to me because I have, my entire life have been in the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of wisdom. Because those, like, the knowledge and wisdom are, are two of the things that I always want to have a lot of because I think that it, you know, makes my experience in life better and stuff. So anyway, anytime I hear something about knowledge or wisdom or gaining those, it stands out to me and I, I put a special emphasis on whatever it's saying in those, those specific passages. And I've thought, I've thought a decent amount about this verse that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I think that it, it goes back to similar to what I was saying uh, a few minutes ago, that if you fear God, then it shows that you have a true understanding of the overall picture of what's going on. And that if you like, like somebody who fears a bear and fears a murderer, but doesn't fear God, they haven't reached that understanding of the eternal soul and the fact that a bear and a murderer can take away your life, but they can't take away your soul and that God can take away your soul. And so they're living in either denial or ignorance or just lack of understanding of the idea that we have an eternal soul and we should be protecting our eternal souls by putting them in God's hand, God's secure hand. Anybody who has a true fear of God and a true fear of the, the wrath of God and the things that God can and will do 
to those who do not come to salvation in Jesus Christ. Anybody who has that true fear does come to salvation in Jesus Christ because they know that that is the thing to fear. Like of all the things in the universe, God's power over you and God's ability and promise that he is going to judge all sinners who do not come to salvation in Jesus Christ. If you don't have a fear about that, then it just shows that you don't understand the whole picture of what God is laying out in the Bible. And God's like, if you don't understand that, then you can't claim to be wise. You can't claim to have all this great wisdom if you can't even understand or don't understand the the central truth of all of creation. Yeah, that's definitely kind of a hard question to answer, but I guess the kind of the first thing that came to my mind was when you have a fear for something, it's generally because you have some understanding of the abilities that that thing or person uh, has or possesses. Um, and the, the analogy that we used with the bear, when you fear the bear, you fear the bear because you know that the bear has incredible strength and also has good speed. And you know that those two things can overwhelm and overpower you. And when it comes to fearing God, it kind of works the same way. When you fear God, do you just have a general fear that he could send your soul to hell? Or do you have a fear of God because you know who God is? Do you understand God's abilities? Do you understand God's power and his omnipotence? Having an understanding of God means increasing in the knowledge of God. We can see that all throughout Colossians where Paul prayer for the the church in Colossae is that they increase in the knowledge of God, right? As Christians, we're always supposed to be increasing in the knowledge of God and always learning and always obtaining knowledge and always obtaining wisdom. And fearing something that you have no idea about, like you generally don't have fear about it. I mean, of course, you can have fear in the unknown, like we've been saying, but generally you have fear for that unknown because you know that unknown can hurt you. When you have a fear of God, obviously you know that God isn't going to uh, directly harm you. He might bring things in our life to discipline us. Or he might bring things in our life to grow us in faith. But we, of course, we know that God loves us and we know that God would never do anything to specifically harm us in an ungrowth um, oriented way. And because of that, we can have this general just kind of fear for our souls and it doesn't have a lot of specific um, knowledge behind God behind it. And I do think that when we like having an increased fear of God means having an increased knowledge of God. There's actually another verse um, in Proverbs parallel to this one where it actually says that the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools who despise wisdom and or uh, fools are the ones that despise wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and uh, instruction. Sorry. And. So we see these two verses, one talks about knowledge, one talks about wisdom. And so we can kind of take from the one from knowledge that the fear of the Lord is um, sort of, you know, the more fear you have of God, it's really the more you know about how powerful and how beautiful and how amazing he really is. So that's kind of my take on it is the fact that um, to fear something, you kind of have to have somewhat of an understanding of what it can do to you and what, what kind of power it has over you. And if you don't know God, if you don't, you know, spend time in his word, if you don't spend time reflecting on who God is really, like what is his character, what is his being, what is his nature, then you can't really have a fear for him because you don't know who he is. And so that the more that you learn who he is, the more that you fear how truly incredible he is. And one thing I want to add is that we, up to this point, it has sort of sounded like 
the reason we should fear God is because of the punishment that he's going to dole out on those who don't come to salvation. Like essentially God is going to, to punish us. So we might as well come to salvation because that way we can avoid the punishment and, you know, we could still be afraid of him. But I like to think of this and I think the Bible actually lays it out in a completely different view. Uh, think in order to understand this, think of the perfect, like imagine in your head, the perfect earthly father, a perfect earthly father, um, loves his child. He loves his child more than anything else, but he also disciplines his child when his child does something wrong. And that child will have a fear of his father. And now that fear isn't of his father because he, he's afraid what his father is going to do to him. And he's afraid that his father is going to, to just randomly lash out. And he's afraid that his father is going to become angry at a moment's notice. And then he might start um, doing things that might harm this child. That's not why the child's afraid. The child is afraid of this father because he knows that as soon as he starts to step out of line, this child, this father is going to do his, he's going to fulfill his responsibility as the father of keeping the child accountable to the rules and making sure that the father does everything he can to, to shape this child and help this child grow up into, uh, you know, a, a functioning adult who, you know, follows, follows good rules of society. In the same way, we aren't afraid of God because we think that God might just randomly, you know, lash out at us or that, that God might at a moment's notice start to punish us for something that we haven't done. We are afraid of God because we know that the entire story of the Bible is centered around God pursuing a group of people and those people running from him and doing everything he tells them not to do. And then because they do this, God brings punishment upon them. But it's, it's, it hurts him as well because he loves them so much and he continues to pursue them, continues to pursue them. And the central theme of the Bible is how God, despite all of our rejection and all of our, all of our rebellion, God has continued to pursue us and has given us the greatest sacrifice we could have ever asked for in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ came to, to die on the cross so that everybody who comes to salvation in him does not have to pay the price for their own sin because Jesus paid that price on the cross for us. And Jesus paid that price for everybody who will ever come to salvation in him. He paid the price for their sin on the cross. And so that's as, as that being the central message of the gospel or the central message of the Bible, excuse me, the gospel is the central message of the Bible. Then we as Christians look at that and understand how much power God has over us, but how much love he has to have for his love to overcome the, the feeling of betrayal and his, his justice. Like he loved us so much that even though we kept running from him and even though we kept rebelling against him, he found a way to continue to bring us back to him, continue to bring us close to his side. And so we, we fear him. We know how much power he ha he has over us, but we also recognize how much love he has for us because his love outweighs this, his love outweighs um, the punishment that he's going to give to, to sinners. And so any sinner who comes to him will be able to fall into his love and fall out of the eternal punishment because Jesus loved us so much to take that punishment on himself. Now, I kind of want to go back to sort of what Jonathan was saying when he was talking about, uh, talking about the, the beginning of, or the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and so one thing that he was talking about was knowing God and how the more we know God, like the more incredible he is, the more like we see how powerful and amazing he is. And so 
for me personally, I just want to share a little bit about how, for me growing up, fear was one of the things that really, really got to me. Um, I watched a lot of movies growing up and, you know, those bad guys, the evil people would, you know, sort of come to mind often. And so whether it was me like going to the basement and like being scared that somebody was going to be there or, you know, going to sleep, somebody might be there like a bad guy from a movie or whatever. And so like those things would stick to me pretty often. But as Jonathan was saying, how the more we know God, the more we understand who he is, the more we grow in our relationship with him then like we get to know more of who he is we know that how powerful he is over that and so one thing for me personally i would listen to um christian music which would talk about the truths about who god is and talk about how amazing he is and all that he's done for me and that really really helped me um being able to take the fear that I had and reflect it off of who God is. So he was, you know, destroying that fear because I knew that God was more powerful than that. God had, God had that strength um, to defeat it. And if God is on my side, then (laughs) what, what should I be afraid of? Um, My favorite verses in the Bible are Luke 2, 10 and 11. Um, which say, but the angel said to them, them being the shepherds, um, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior who is the Christ. Um, and that, those verses, I love them because, you know, just that idea of we shouldn't have fear. And I mean, of course, this was in the context of the shepherds seeing the angels. Um, but even still, we're not supposed to fear because of Christ and how his sacrifice was so amazing that we don't have to fear that he, his love covers over us and we, we shouldn't be afraid of anything because we know God is on our side. Um, not only that, but I also love Christmas and the whole Christmas story. So, you know, those kind of tie into that as well. But just being able to um, filter your thoughts through reminding yourself of who God is and all that he's done in our lives and how he loves us as a father and he cares for us and he is a shepherd to us. Um, Just reminding yourselves of those truths is something that I found to be very, very great in battling fear. Now, some people would say that fear is sometimes a positive emotion because one thing that fear does is it impacts your next decision. So when a bear is in front of you, as we always love using this analogy, the fear that you have for that bear will impact your decision that you make because of the bear being there. And what I mean by that is generally your decision will be to run or to don't climb a tree if a bear is in front of you, but you get my point. Um, 
And so fear definitely has a, an ability to impact the decisions that we make. And so when we're talking about this, this positive and negative version of fear or whatever, we never want to have that fear of evil or fear of the things that we don't have control over because that impacts our decisions that we make because they're there, that those unknowns are there. And when we have that fear of God, then what's impacting our decisions is the power of God. And then we know that that's a very positive thing, that the power of the spirit leading us is something that we should be listening to as Christians. And so when we're talking about, when we're talking about fear, let's say you have a fear of, um, uh, well, let me just use something from my life. Um, I used to have a fear of, I don't even think I've told anybody this, ironically, when like my parents would go on longer drives or whatever, sometimes I would have fear that they would get in a car accident or somebody in my family would get in a car accident or whatever. And sometimes I'd have fear about that. And so that's something, that's something that I have complete uncontrol over. Um, and when you don't have control over something, it's definitely easy to be, have a mindset of fear because of that lack of control. But really, when you think about it, there are infinite amount of things that we don't have control over. And you can definitely see that, you know, people that are, that worry and are anxious, I don't try to stay away from the word anxious, um, but they generally are anxious over things that they don't have control. And fear kind of works the same way because obviously when you don't know something, it's, you get that, that uh, emotion of fear. And I, I, again, another thing that I feel all the time is, so like with, with school, school is definitely very difficult and I get this feeling of fear like throughout my entire body when um, the professor starts going over something that I just don't understand. Like I just conceptually don't get it. I get this kind of vibe of fear over my whole body. And it's and I have to remind myself that like no matter what happens, I know that God's got me and that God's in control and that I am not in control. Um, a great analogy for this is like our when we're driving, uh, we're driving life, right? We're we're in a car that's our life and life is the road and we're, we're driving down this road. Um, who's driving the car? Are you letting God drive the car or are you driving the car? Are you taking control from God and trying to control things in your life by yourself, even though that those things are really uncontrollable and impossible to control. So, you know, that song, Jesus take the wheel. I know there's a lot of, uh, people make a lot of jokes about it and stuff and it's kind of a funny thing, but it's such a, a beautiful line at the same time, Jesus take the wheel. It's really just saying that Jesus take the control because I, I thought I had control and I don't. And relying on God to take control can definitely be scary, but it really stems from, do you trust God to deliver you from whatever fears that you're having? Or do you believe that you could do better? And I know that's, that applies to so many things, this trust in God, We've done podcasts on on trusting in God. Check those out; they're really good. Uh, plug plug. So, but trusting in God is is really a monumental thing that we don't put enough strain on. I would say, or we don't. We think we put enough strain on it, but we don't. And really, like our trust in God is is so minimal compared to where we really think it is. And because we, because of the fact that we try to take control, right? We try to take control over the things that we think we have power over, but really only God has the true power. Um, again, we can see, I, the reason I keep bringing up Colossians, because I've actually been reading Colossians a lot lately, but um, Paul talks about how the only energy and the power that he has is, is the energy and power that God works through him. 
And so really, ultimately, all the power comes from God in our Christian lives, and it doesn't come from us at all, yet we try to grab that control for ourselves. So having fear, we need to make sure that our fear is is helpfully directed towards God because that impacts our decisions. And like in Psalm 23, we need to make sure that we're not directing our mindset and our focus on the fear of evil because that will also impact our decisions. So what's impacting your decisions? Is it the power of God or is it the power of things unknown and the power of things that you don't have control over? And the reason that you're trying to grab control over them is because you don't trust God enough to give him the control in your life. But also as we go into this, we have to we have to understand that the reason we are called to give God control over our life is not because God is some control freak who wants to make sure that everything goes his way. Because I'm sure all of us can think of of people in our lives like that who just they need to have control over everything and if if they ever don't have control of something then they think it's going to go wrong. And that's not how God is. God wants control over our lives and he calls us to give control over our lives to him because he knows what's best for us. Like just I I have said this on the podcast before and I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it right now. But just just close your eyes and imagine that there was a person in your life who you knew knew everything that was going to happen in the future. They knew exactly what was going to happen to you, exactly what was going to happen um, in your life. They knew exactly what would happen if you you know moved away or if you stayed in your same town or if you took this job or took that job or went to college or got your master's or didn't go to college at all. Every single possible situation that could happen, you knew that they knew the outcome of it. And then they started to give you advice. How ridiculous of you would it be to not listen to their advice? And in the same way, we know we know that we have the head knowledge that God is all-knowing and God is all-powerful. And we also know that God gives us direct commands in his word. He tells us what to do, how to act, how to, how to go about life. And so that situation that I just described, that is the situation we're in with God. Each and every person has instructions from God on the way we ought to live our lives and God knows everything. So how ridiculous of it how ridiculous of us is it to ignore these instructions that God has given us? And so we know that we can sit comfortable in God's hand, give over every situation in our life to him, submit them to him and obey whatever calling he gives us or whatever we read in the Bible that instructs us in a certain situation in our life. We can obey him and obey the things that he calls us to do and sit back comfortably knowing that our lives are in the hands of the all-powerful creator God. How amazing is that? And, you know, I want to go back to a story that we covered on the podcast near the start um, was the story of Gideon. And, you know, God takes the army and just keeps chipping at it and chipping at it and ends up to, I think, 300. Is that it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 300. Okay, so, you know, Gideon and the his army of 300 have to take down this massive army, and yet God, God is like, I'm doing this for you, but it's going to be for my glory. And that image of how, you know, that probably would have been so terrifying to be one of the small numbers in the army going against this huge army 
But to have God by your side in that, and to have him say, I'm going to be with you in it, so don't fear, like that, that would be pretty awesome um, to experience and to see. And again, to give God the glory in that, like God is there in that moment where it feels like we're going against the biggest and hardest things in life. But God is there, and he's there to help us. We're not supposed to fear anything. Again, like Christian said, like every day we could have a verse telling us not to fear. How we're supposed to take courage in Christ because he's given us um, the strength, not by our own strength, but by his strength to go through the things that he has for us to go through the trials or the hardships or go take that next step into the unknown. And in in a similar vein, we can look at other stories in the Bible where God has given people direct instructions to go do something that any normal person would be completely afraid of. Like take the story of David and Goliath, for example, we all know that story that the, Phili- or the, the Israelite army was standing there and they were all looking up at Goliath and not a single one of them wanted to go fight him because they were all afraid of what, what Goliath could do to their bodies, that he could kill them. But David was confident in the Lord. He was confident that God had him safe, had his soul safe, had him safe. And he knew that God, since God promised that the land was going to be given to the Israelites, he knew that God was going to deliver victory. And he was confident in that. And so his respect for God, his his understanding of God's faithfulness and, and faith in God outweighed his fear. And he allowed that. He, he allowed his, his lack of fear to help him walk into that situation and do exactly what God called him to do, even though any normal, any sane person in that situation would have been completely scared out of their pants. David knew that God had him in control. God, David knew that God had the situation in control and had David in his hands. And we have that exact same promise from God, that God promises that if we seek him in everything that we do, that he will have us, he will carry us along, and he will keep us safe. He will keep us secure. And now that, that doesn't mean that, that you're never going to face a dangerous situation in this life. That doesn't mean that everything is going to turn out well for you as a Christian, because we're also promised, another promise we receive in the Bible from Jesus himself is that if you live a faithful life to God, it's going to be hard because the world hated him. And so the world is going to hate his followers as well. And so by no means does that mean that this life is going to be easy. But what we can rest assured in is that no matter what happens to us in this life, God has our eternity safe and secure in his hands. And he loves us so much. He watches out for us. He's with us in every single circumstance and situation. And when you know that, there's actually a verse in Romans chapter eight that I, I love it touches on this exact issue and it's it's not necessarily in the context of fear but it says this is a, it's actually a passage starting in verse 35 so Romans chapter 8 verse 35 and following it says who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword and then skipping to verse 37 it says no In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, 
nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's this this passage is telling us that there's nothing in all creation that could separate us from God's love. And once we know this, what else is there to fear? In this episode, we've talked about how fear, fear isn't necessarily in itself a bad thing because we are called to love God and to fear God. But we're also called not to fear the things of this world. So as a Christian, it's important to have a, a true biblical understanding of fear, what God calls us to do in regards to fear, and how God calls us to use fear in our lives to help us grow closer to him and help us grow in faith to him. And the two main applications to draw from this episode, the two main biblical applications that we talked about in this episode are first that we are called to fear God. We are called because of God's great power, because of how much he loves us, we are called to fear him and to understand how much power he has over us, but also how much his love overcomes this. And second, we know we are called to to rest assured in the fact that God is a comfort in fearful situations. So any situation in which we may be having fear of something in this world, something that can take our lives, something that can hurt us, we can rest assured that no matter what it is, it cannot separate us from the love of God. And that as long as you have come to salvation in Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, you fall within God's love and God's love can never be broken. God's love for you, no matter what, can never be broken by anything in this world. So these two things, fearing God and trusting in God when you fear something in this world, the this is how the, the emotion of fear, which can seem so paralyzing in this world, that sometimes you're in a situation that calls for fear and you start to fear things and it starts to become overwhelming. But when you look in the, in the scriptures, we're called to grow in our faith in fearful situations. And it's so comforting to know that in a, in a moment of fear, when you're having a moment of weakness and it seems like there's nothing you can do to, to be strong and to face that situation, that you can remember that you are a loved child of God and that nothing in this world can separate you from him and that he, as long as you are in his family, he is looking out for you and he is always there with you every step of the way, every second of the day. So it's it's just, I have have I have honestly been very encouraged just by this episode, by, by really taking this deep dive into fear in the Bible. And it has encouraged me and I hope it has also encouraged you guys in your walks with Christ helping you to see how fear can can healthy fear can play a role in your faith and help you grow in faith in Christ. And uh, like I said earlier in the podcast at the, the toward the beginning, the reason we did this episode on fear is because we received a request from somebody who listens to the show who asked us to do an episode on fear. And we were like, that is a great idea. That's a great idea for an episode. We had a lot to say on fear and the Bible. And so if you guys have any any ideas or anything close to an idea about what you want us to do for an episode or a question or really anything you just need an answer to or, or need to talk through with somebody or hear somebody talk out, let us know. We're willing to, to message you guys about it, to do an episode about it, to whatever it is, we're willing to help you guys through through whatever it is. And we would love to do an episode about it or just message privately with you about it if that's what it is. We want to reach out to you guys. We want to have you reach out to us so we can build a community of young believers who are ready to go out and to change this world for Christ. Like like I always say, you can reach out to us in a variety of different ways. You can reach out to us on our emails. We each have a personal email at or Max Jonathan or Christian at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also reach out to our general email if you want to hit all three of us with one email. That's questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. 
you can also reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook at livingvictorypodcast.com. Um, we want to hear from you guys. We want to we want to know what your struggles, what your questions are, so we can help walk you through those according to God's scriptures. And if this episode or any episode you've listened to of ours has been of help to you or has helped you um, grow in your faith or become more secure in your faith in Jesus Christ, please share this episode with a friend. There are a number of things you can do to help support the show, and some of them are even free. You can share the show with a friend. You can help other people when when they are in an, an, a time of need and they're struggling with something. If we have an episode about that, please share the episode with them so they can hear it and they can they can hear us walking through scriptural truths about whatever topic it is that that you shared the episode about. Also, you can leave us a rating and review on the iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a rating and review because that is how we we climb up the charts and more people can have their eyes and ears on our podcast, hearing about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Also, um, if you're feeling extra generous, you can give us a donation. We are accepting donations. Um, it's a, a PayPal donation. You can visit livingvictorypodcast.com slash donate, slash donate. And that'll give you all the information you need to, to send us a donation. Our promise to you is that every donation you send, 100% of it goes back into the show into advertising the show, into helping grow this show so that we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ further and wider to more people around the world. We also have merchandise, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. You can have, you can buy a t-shirt, a tank top, a mask, a hoodie. Um, we also have women's shirts. And you can buy these things. They have the Living Victory logo on the front, and then on the back it says Shine Your Light with a really cool, um, really awesome design <clears throat> that we, we partnered with a cool um, small artist. To, to make that design for us. And so we're really excited about where this show is going to take us and where God is taking us on this journey. And I hope that you guys are ex- just as excited as we are. You guys are excited to take this journey along with us, to be with us, and to just to be along for the ride because we we may be small now, but we are going places. We are are committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many people as we can and affecting as many lives for Christ as we can with this show. So we thank you so much for your support. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Without you, we wouldn't be doing these episodes. Without your listenership, we wouldn't be able to to do this or to have this as a platform for sharing the gospel. So I thank you so much for listening. And I know Max and Jonathan also thank you for listening. It's just we, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for listening. And as always, love each other and shine your light.